Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Hi, this is Dr. Andy Barlow with the Chiropractic Physician Center of Tupelo and author of the number one best-selling book, The Code Breaker. Are you sick and tired of being sick and tired? Then call my office at 662-844-1414 and order my new book, The Code Breaker. What is up on a Friday? I am Brian Scott Rippey. My co-conspirator, as always, is Colin Brister. We appreciate you hanging out with us on this People's Holiday edition of the Rebel Report. It's Mailbag Friday. It is 3.45 in the morning because Colin had some kind of obligation, so it's still dark outside. This is bullshit. I haven't been up like this in a long time. Wait, so did you wake up or did you just stay up since it's 3.45 in the morning? Stayed up. That's what I'm I mean, it's just like college, man. Yeah, I don't know. The last couple of years of college, I didn't have a whole lot of that in me. It is not really 3.45 in the morning. It's early on Friday morning, though. Uh, today is Mailbag Friday. It is the People's Holiday. Uh, pretty light light showing of questions, at least from Twitter. I got some uh, some from some other sources. But uh, we'll get into it's some... It's that, so, that time of year that's like right in between like where fall camp started and like football season. So it's just like you're waiting for football season again, just like you were in July. I guess so. But like last week, we got tons of questions. The week before yep. was not good, and then the week before that was good. I don't know. I need more consistency from the listeners. But camp had just started last week, too. I guess so. I, I, hell, I know. No, they were in the end of week one. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, it was the first week of camp. This is the second one. This is This is the grind. I guess so. I'm bored with fall camp. I got to go stand out there again today. It's going to be hot. I'm not gonna. How long do y'all like? How long do y'all get to do practice? Um, well, it's usually like I think we stay for like eight or nine periods, and the periods are. I want to say ten minutes, but I don't think that's right anymore. They're like eight, maybe. So it's like okay. a little over an hour. Coincidentally enough, after Rich Rod's, uh, you know, bite the nuts and stick the thumb in the ass rant that got caught on uh, some people's video cameras. Uh, we were only allowed six periods the other day, and video stopped after the stretching. I'm sure that's just a coincidence. It's funny, funny how that works. Yeah, um, Rich Rod, colorful guy. Uh, I, the first day of fall camp, he was yelling at people dropping F-bombs you could hear across the field. You know Rich Rod didn't care. It wasn't him that cared. No, of course it wasn't him that cared. It, it was you know, the Ole Miss... Media relations office, which I guess I get sort of why they have to care. I wish there was less widespread paranoia amongst college fan bases and college football. Or not college fan bases, excuse me. College media relations department. Uh, your offensive coordinator using colorful language in a drill with the offensive lineman is far from the worst thing that can happen to you. It's like last year when uh, Kadir Shepard, we got him after the Arkansas game. And uh, he got asked about not lining up in the right place or not getting the right play, which, if you watch the Ole Miss defense last year, happened quite often. Um, he just kind of said, I turned around, and I effed up. Except, obviously, he did not say that. Um, <laughs> and it was hilarious. Like I, It was honestly the most like entertaining press conference we've had all year in a slew of boring press conferences. But, you know, they were the media relations did not take too kindly to that. Um, I like Kadir Shepard's honesty. They did not. I wish there was less paranoia. Dudes cussing and stuff like that is funny. It makes it's more relatable. It makes people sound more real. But you know, in the world of, I guess, gotcha moments, gotcha journalism. I don't really know. I don't know what these people think we're going to do with this stuff. It's not like we're going like, to out to get them. You're not. You're not going to report it to the tabloid. No, um, I guess we are a tabloid. I'm going to start calling Super Talk Mississippi's website a tabloid. Uh, back pages tabloid of the tabloids. Uh, speaking of back pages of the tabloids, I have that finally I have that two sports story coming out today. It's been a pathetic. Dear 
dear God. Yeah, it's been a pathetic case of procrastination and writer's block. Honestly, though, once camp got started, we had some other things going on. I got buried in some other stuff, and then I was out of town last weekend. There's really no excusing it, but it's uh, it's finally done. Um, luckily, it's not really a time-sensitive thing, so I'll have that. If you're listening to this, like, after 10 a.m., that should be up and at them. Um, yeah. Yeah, so not, not, I've never had a case of writer's block worse than I have had with this story. Uh, I'm not really ashamed to admit that. It's been terrible. Um, I think it turned out okay, though. Did they let you, uh, video stretching, though? Uh, yeah, I did not video any, uh, any stretching. I, uh, that, that seems relatively pointless. Um, I guess we'll get right into it. Uh, we'll get right into the questions. Um, let's see where we are starting today. I was trying to think if there are any fall camp notes. I guess we should hit that first. So, uh, since we last did a podcast, I had a media, media availability on, um, Wednesday, which actually we got a pretty decent bit out of. So we talked to Elijah Moore, Rich Rodriguez, <coughs> excuse me, um, Elijah Moore, Rich Rodriguez, Hell, I don't even remember the rest of who we got. That's really bad. Um, oh, Devon Penniman talking about the move to tight end. Um, and we got one more that I can't... Oh, Grant Tisdale. And that's kind of the big story here. So oh, there hasn't been much progress in the backup quarterback race, according to Rich Rodriguez. But uh, Grant Tisdale is sure is talking like he's the backup quarterback. He was... Uh, to his credit, I'll give him credit, the kid was really polished. Um you know, really well spoken, which not that some of these other kids aren't. It was just it kind of stuck out with him. Um, he was talking like he's the backup quarterback. I mean, he was saying, "I've got to be ready. I'm one play away." All that jazz. Rich Rodriguez um, afterwards kind of noted that Grant Tisdale is probably ahead from a mental standpoint because he was here in the spring, but noted John Rice Pumley is a good athlete and a smart kid um, that can also pick up on stuff. I, I think it was somewhat telling at least last weekend when they had the first scrimmage that uh, Tisdale was in white and not av- made available to live contact, and they let um, they let Plumley and Kincaid Dent get hit around a little bit. Um, you know, Dent's probably a little behind. He's uh, banged up with a concussion now. So um, Rodriguez pretty much admitted that it's kind of um, Tisdale, Plumley, and Corral getting all of the reps with when they do the offensive stuff, or at least most of them. Um, so I would imagine if a game were today, uh, Grant Tisdale's the backup quarterback. It may stay that way for the whole season. It may not. I, I honestly don't know. Um, but I, that's the vibe I got from now is that he is probably the backup quarterback if they were to play a game today. Yeah, I mean, that's not much else to say there. He is the backup quarterback if, if Corral sprains his ankle or even if his helmet comes off against Memphis. Uh, he will be the one to go into the game and hand the ball off in that case. I'm curious, though, real quick. If he's the backup quarterback, you kind of try to do like you did with Corral and, and keep him out of, you know, let him only play four games and redshirt him? Um, yeah, I mean, sure. They're not going to try to burn a year of eligibility if Corral's not hurt and he doesn't have to play. He'll play in some mop-up time and play in some action. But, yeah, they would definitely keep him under the full game threshold. It wouldn't make any sense to play him over that. I guess that's the benefit of having three quarterbacks is you can spread those four games out. Um, yeah, I mean, sure. But if Corral's not hurt, there's probably not going to be more than four games where DeGrant Tisdale's going to need, like... Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, but Dodds are he's going to get hurt and come out at some point. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess with the luck Ole Miss has had, but it's, I mean, not necessarily unheard of for Corral to make it through an entire season. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't think they'll burn a year of eligibility unless they have to. That wouldn't really make a ton of sense. Um, Devon Penniman talked about his move to tight end. Uh, it seems like a really good kid. I kind of, 
I don't feel bad for him. I think he's gotten dealt a pretty, pretty shitty hand in, to some degree with that with that leg injury because he kind of looked like the future of the Ole Miss backfield for a long time. In 2017, he was turning into a really good SEC caliber back. Um, and then of course had the dislocated knee, cost him all of last season. It's been a long, arduous recovery. He kind of got buried in a really crowded running back room. The fact that the kid's open to changing and open to being a tight end. Um, look, he basically said, if it gets me on film and it help, if if it allows me to get film and it allows me to help out the team, I am uh, I am cool with it. Which, you know, you hear a lot of guys even when they move positions say that, and then it turns out they're not cool with it at all. I think Pinnaman is probably pretty genuine in that. He seems like a good dude. I think he just wants to get back out on a football field by any means necessary because he hasn't played in a game since the uh, penultimate game of 2017. So. Yep. Um, He's not like we talked about the other day. We talked. Uh, he's not your prototypical tight end in the sense that he's five foot eleven. Um, like you're, you're probably not throwing, sending him over the middle on a seam route um, to try to extend and make some kind of catch. But he can do some different stuff. Rich Rodriguez noted before he made the move that he's got pretty good ball skills. Um, they think he can help him. They, he says the knee feels pretty good. He can do stuff in the passing game. It might be a little bit more of an H back type thing. I think one of the biggest differences for him is he's not going to have the five yards to where he can kind of meet the contact or let the contact meet him. Like he's right there off the line, and you know when you're five foot eleven, two thirty, you're dealing with some pretty big and physical defensive ends. How he holds up there is going to be interesting. He lost a significant amount of weight heading into fall camp, and then as he said on Wednesday, he's already eyeing gaining that back. So. Uh, that's, I guess, kind of unfortunate. That since he loses weight, tries to slim down, changes positions where he could probably use every bit of it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I guess you know, obviously, the move to tight end wasn't you know a forethought. They thought he was going to be a running back, but they figured out that you know with Pellerin, uh, I think Pellerin's heard that, that they probably needed some more depth there, um, and, and now he's going to have to gain that back what he lost, what he probably worked his tail off to lose. Yeah, so that was really interesting to kind of listen to him talk about the different nuances and stuff. Said he hasn't uh, put his uh, hand in the dirt since he played fullback in middle school. Um, no, not middle school. I think it was younger than that. It was like youth age football. Um, so, I don't know. It'll be interesting to watch that plays out. There's zero risk to it. They don't need him in the running back room right now. They have four backs that are really good. You know, if you get a running back hurt, you can move him back. Or if it simply doesn't work out, you can try something else. I think he's got enough of a skill set for it to work to some degree. Um, obviously, he's not going to be your prototypical tight end. Um, on the, I guess, injury note, Jason Pellerin was back at practice, was not in any kind of restrictive jersey. Um, he looked pretty much full go back to normal. Sam Williams took his green jersey off he looked back to normal i'm pretty sure that was a relatively minor um knee injury uh or knee tweak um jaylen julius montrell custis and john haynes were all in green non-contact jerseys um really other than that on the injury front there wasn't a whole lot to report um willie no not so i think something may be up with willie hibbler because i think on monday he left practice for an undisclosed reason. I'm going to make sure I have this correct before I just go off and say that. But he was working with the number threes defensively on uh, Wednesday. I'm not really sure what to make of that. Um, it's probably not much. It's probably just kind of some kind of bumps and bruises with fall camp. Um, they showed a decent amount of two-back sets on Wednesday, which I thought was interesting. Snoop Connor and Matt... And, uh, Scotty Phillips flanking Matt Corral on each side. Connor and Phillips were the only ones to get that, at least in the allotment of practice that we saw, that got first team reps um, with Jerrion Ely and um, Isaiah Willard on the other side running with the second team. That probably doesn't mean a whole lot. I'm just telling you what I saw. 
Um, trying to think if there are any other major notes. Not really. They tried Michael Howard at left tackle. They flipped the tackles. They put Bryce Mackle, Bryce Matthews, excuse me, at um, left tackle and um, or excuse me at right tackle and Michael Howard at left tackle. Um, Rich Rodriguez didn't seem to think that was a big deal. Um, he even kind of acted like he didn't notice it and that that was Jack McNeil's thing. They need tackles to play both sides. They need guards to play both sides. They need guards that can play center. Um, they need to be flexible because they don't have a ton of depth. Correct. Um, so, uh, when you don't have a ton of depth, you've got to ask some guys to, to play multiple positions and, and to be good at multiple positions. And that's probably all that was was just making sure that they were accustomed to those positions, so that uh, they can you know do it when they roll into Memphis here in two weeks. Two weeks. Wow. Uh, yeah, it is two weeks away. It is uh, it is coming, and it is coming quick. Um, if you're a big offensive line enthusiast, I had the second-team offensive line the other day. It was Jeremy James, Chandler Tewitt, Carter Colquitt was playing center, Jalen Cunningham at left guard, and Nick Broker at left tackle. Uh, I'm literally just running through my notebook from Wednesday. I think that's about it. Elijah Moore is going to be really good. Um, he's really confident. He's a... Uh, He's a good-looking slot receiver in that sense. That like his build is uh, something like if you if you cookie cut a slot receiver, that's kind of what I envisioned it looking like. Um, he got one of the things that stuck out to me about him is he very receptive to other guys' skill sets. He was going through and picking out very like minute details of other receivers' skill sets and telling you know he does this really well. Um, I think he's a really cerebral player. I think he's kind of emerged as a little bit of a leader because that kid last year came in and cracked for playing time. I mean, he had 36 receptions on a receiving court that sent three dudes to the NFL. That's not very easy to do. Absolutely Three not. dudes to the NFL and Braylon Sanders, I should add. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's not, like you said, it's not an easy thing to do to crack that receiving core. Yeah, and that's kind of what the guys around – the guys – you know, these freshmen coming in are kind of in the same position he was in last year. It's like, how do you crack the rotation? Granted, it's a little easier job than he had last year, given the amount of talent that was in the program last year and the amount of talent that left at that position. Um, he got asked about putting him and Tyler Knight in the slot at the same time, and he said, quote, it's going to be dangerous. Um, and I kind of agree with him to some degree, because those are two quick, shifty guys with pretty decent ball skills. I'm interested to see what that looks like. Um, but, yeah, he had a couple pretty good quotes. Um, I think that's about all I had from practice. Um, you can read the full thing at supertalk.fm. We have video, all kinds of stuff. I'll have another practice report today. All kinds of stuff going on at the tabloid website. Um, let's get into the questions. Okay. So we're starting from the bottom up as usual. Um, favorite fast food burger place? Uh, Sonic. Um, what a burger! I was going to be an asshole and say In and Out because I've been to the West Coast recently, but I'm not going to do that. As someone that neither had neither, uh, I can't comment. You never had what a burger? Aren't you going to Jackson? Go to what a burger today? What are you talking about, man? Yeah, I guess that's true. I could do that today. Why? Well, how have you never had what a burger? I just haven't, man. I've never gotten in on that craze. Okay, well, you are definitely missing out. It is way better than normal fast food. Um. The next question we got was, where's Hugh? What? He's talking about Hugh Freeze. I, uh, he's got back spasms, bro. Uh-huh. Yeah, so Hugh Freeze apparently has mispracticed for the last little bit with back spasms. Um, I, I'm not going to go into all this. What I, I understand there's other talk. I'm not going into all of that. I, I don't know. It's Liberty football. I don't care. Um, <laughs> so I guess... 
you know, obviously you make your massage jokes, move on with it. I, what does it matter? If he's back for the first game, he's back. If he's not, then something else is up. That That's pretty much all I've got on that. Sure. Yeet or be yeeted. I don't know what that means. I'm skipping that. I don't think we're hip enough to answer that question. Yeah, we got a condi- question about Kim Dietschy that I'm not answering. Um, Jesus. Yeah. Who are y'all's predictions for the college football playoff this year? Oh, here's a crazy one, buddy. Uh, Clemson versus Alabama. And then my other two are who cares and who cares? Oh, man, come on now. Um, Clemson, Alabama, Georgia, Utah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw a, a wild card in there. Okay, I'm going to go Clemson, Alabama, um, yeah, to hell with it. I'll go Georgia, and then I'll go Michigan. Okay. Shea Patterson. So Michigan's going to be Ohio State this year. Yeah, tons of Facebook posts. Um, yeah, so... Yeah, I, I just for people the people that make fun of the NBA being a predetermined outcome and are crazy over college football. Like, look in the mirror, buddy. Like, this is the it's. Uh, I can't get into college football. It bores the shit out of me. It is an unbalanced playing field. Um, I like the pageantry of it. I'm not going to be that guy and say I don't like watching the games. I do like watching the games. Um, I like the pageantry of it. I like watching a slate of games on Saturday. I get all that. I think it's fun. I think it's a bit of a farce, though. The way the uh, Playing the unevenness of the playing field, I guess, and it's just hard for me to really get into the uh, overall outcome of the sport, I guess I'll say. But I appreciate the pageantry. I appreciate the close games. I appreciate the drama that really just comes with football. But as far as college football ranking on the pedestal of like favorite sports to watch, it's probably fifth. Jeez, so what, what's like the fourth? NFL, yeah. NBA, Major League Baseball, college hoops, and golf. Okay, so six. Not, oh. I'll give it over college hoops. I'll give college football over college hoops. I really like college basketball, though, too. NBA trumps all, though. Um, with Robert in Miami, with Laramie, okay, I'm not answering the rest of that. I do think that's interesting, though, and I think Laramie Tunsil lobbied for Robert Kimdichie. Oh, he did. Yeah. yeah. So, I don't know. I said a couple well, – we talked about this, I'm pretty sure, when it happened. I said I would be surprised in five years if Rob Kimdichie was in the, still in the NFL – had nothing to do with the kid's talent. He just doesn't seem to be particularly interested in football, which is fine. I'm not like like every. It feels like in the NFL, like the NFL is so weird and so cultish in the sense that like guys get knocked in the draft process. Like a knock on a guy in the draft process is well, he's got a lot of other interests besides football. Like oh, so he's a well-rounded human being, huh? Um, <laughs> and I'm not saying that is or is not the case with Rob Kimdichie right now, but I'm just I'm saying it's I'm not like knocking him when I say he has other interests outside of football, but I mean, he shows up to camp out of shape. He had the off-the-field incident. Um, I'm just not sure how long for this NFL world Robert Kimdichie is. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be shocked if he gets released before the first game there. Um, I actually think he'll get another season or so in Miami just because usually with first-round picks, if they don't work out the first time, you get a second chance, but if the second chance doesn't work out, that's usually kind of when... Um, you know, it's kind of like, all right, is this guy done? Is he going to get a pra- like? Is he going to get another camp invite? I think he has another season, season and a half. I hope he catches on and does okay in Miami. He may be okay. He may need a change of scenery. Um, who knows? Laquan Treadwell sounds like another guy that's going to get a change of scenery soon. It sounds like the uh, Vikings are putting him on the chopping block. If you ask me what's happened to him in the NFL, I don't know. I'm not savvy enough as regards the minutia of NFL football to understand what's exactly hindered him, other than he's kind of gotten buried on a pretty good depth chart. Um, yeah. I don't know what else is there. I'd like to see him on another team before I kind of really make a really significant diagnosis. Yeah, um, he just doesn't have that breakaway speed to get away from receivers, and he 
didn't really run routes well at Ole Miss. I mean, you add those two together and you get what you get. Have you tried? Have you tried the impossible impossible Whopper at Burger King? No, I. Uh, that sounds really dangerous. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna have to pass on that one. Impossible Whopper. I'm looking it up right now. What is it? It's got to be something absurd, right? I mean, yeah, it feels like one of those things like that you like pay, and if you eat it, you get it free. Flame grilled patty with plants. Oh, from plants. What? Topped with juicy tomatoes, fresh lettuce, creamy mayo, ketchup, crunchy pickles, sliced white onions on a soft sesame seed bun. This doesn't look... I don't understand this question. That does not really look outrageous at all. Wait, it's made of plants? I respect all the adjectives that uh, Burger King used. Oh, it's made out of plants. Because the next question on Google is, is the Impossible Whopper vegan? Yeah. I mean, it said it was made out of plants. Yeah, it's got mayo on it. I know a certain someone that would need it. Um, I like mayo. Um, I don't understand this. It's it's a is it a burger or not? It's a vegan burger, man. Get some culture. Yeah, I'm not going to fast food to eat vegan though, and I don't think vegan people are like, yeah, let me hit this Burger King. Yeah, I mean that that part's fair. When I was an intern at the Arkansas Democrat Gazette, one of the first days I was there. Uh, that was not my favorite job. I really like the newspaper. I'm not a features writer. If I don't write about sports, I'm probably just going to do something else. Uh, I, I'm not good at covering beauty pageant and toy boat races and stuff like that. Just not good at it. Um, but one of my first days there, the, one of the nice ladies next to me that we worked on like the city hall desk or something like that was like, hey, you want to go get lunch with a couple of us? I was like, yeah, sure. That's a nice gesture. And we show up to this vegan place. Which, fine, oh, if they're vegan to each their own, I'm not shaming anybody for being vegan. I don't, like, mean to make fun of them like that. But you talk about out of your element. I looked at that menu, and I was like, I don't know what any of this is. I don't know what any of this is. So I saw the word nachos, and I was like, right there. That's the ticket. Because uh, that was really one of the few words on the menu I could understand. And I showed up, and it looked like barbecue nachos, except they were vegan barbecue nachos. So whatever I ate wasn't meat. I don't know what it was. It was a tough day to be me. Wait, was it wasn't cheese either, was it? I don't know. I'm just gonna say. I'm just gonna say it was meat and cheese. I know it wasn't. I know it didn't taste like it. I, I don't want to know what it was. Fair enough. You didn't go back. No, I did not go back. Um, I'm not a vegan guy. I eat terribly, and I'm proud of it. Um, over under on freshman all SEC, I'd say two and a half with the young team. Is Corey Ponatok Rebel asks or says? Yeah. Um. So according to the preseason, that's already like I th- I'm, I'm guessing with his is. His follow-up question suggests that he's talking about after the season because Ole Miss didn't have any players on the preseason All-SEC with the coaches. I don't think they had it with the media either because we talked about this after SEC media days. Um, I know people like to get their panties in a lot over stuff like this. One, this list doesn't matter. Two, is it really surprising as bad of a football team as Ole Miss was last year and as young as they are offensively that they don't have anyone All-SEC? I'm going to say no. Does Mohamed Sanogo probably deserve it? Yeah, maybe. He was a pretty turned into a really good SEC linebacker last year, but I'm just not sure. I said this on radio yesterday. I'm not sure how many people's radars Mohamed Sanogo is currently on because outside of you know the people around here, Ole Miss wasn't very good last year. And if you're a good linebacker on a really bad defense, you're not. It takes longer to get noticed. I think with another good year, Sanogo jumps on a lot of more people's radars, and he might be SEC at the end of the year when we're talking about this when it's all said and done. But it's not surprising to me right now they didn't have any. Um, to answer this guy's question, two and a half seems a little strong. Um, 
I guess maybe if the offensive line is a raging success, they could maybe get a couple of those guys. I mean, a guy or two on there, a freshman All-SEC in addition to – hell, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm going to go under two and a half. Well, I feel like – is Corral going to be the only freshman quarterback? I think he's going to be. In the SEC? Unless, yeah, unless Bo Nix plays at Auburn. Um, I don't know what Vanderbilt's deal going on is. I know they have a competition. I don't know how old either of those kids are. I feel like Corral's got a good shot to be the freshman quarterback if, if he plays well, obviously. Um, yeah, I mean, Jerry and Ely and Snoop Connor are probably going to split enough carries that neither one of them make it. Um, I don't know. Yeah, two seems about right, though. Um, yeah, I'm going to go under two and a half. Um, if they got three, it wouldn't shock me. Like, I'm not saying that's out of the realm of possibility. That's just – I mean – you're talking about the year probably being a raging success, too, if you get three kids on that. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Which I'm not sold on it being either. Again, I've talked about this a hundred times. I don't think they're necessarily going to bottom out. I don't know if it's going to be a raging success. I've said five and seven. I'm sticking with it. Um, Will Chad Kelly ever get to start an NFL game? And if so, if yes, who will it be for? Well, to answer the second part of your question, that seems fairly easy. It'd be with the Colts, right? Um. Yeah, I mean, I guess there's a chance that he loses the backup job to Jacoby Brissett, and then as a third-string guy, you know, you don't dress out. You could get released at any time. Um, I'm going to say the Colts. I think he's going to do okay. I think he'll be third-string, maybe work his way into the backup, and then Andrew Luck, I mean, look what's going on with him right now. People don't really know what's going on with him. Yeah, isn't he out for the uh, preseason? He's been out for the preseason, and there's, of course, Andrew Luck has more mystery injuries than any quarterback or really any athlete I've ever seen. Like, they said it was an ankle thing, and then, like, they're... The owner, Jim Irsay, said it's actually it's a bone thing. They don't really know what's going on with Andrew Luck. And now there's reports coming out that they're unsure of his status for week one. Oh, well, Chad needs to win the backup job. I can't decide if Andrew Luck is injury-prone because I don't remember him getting injured that much in college or if this is merely a product of his body just never recovering from the amount of damage it took for the shitty offensive lines he played behind his first two years. He took him to back-to-back AFC title games with that, too. He was really good, man. Oh, man, he's a, one of the, he's a top three quarterback in the NFL when he's right, and I don't really care what anybody else says. Uh, I'm trying to think. Yeah, I mean, Rodgers is one. Mahomes is two. And Bra- I'm not, I, I, I hate to say it. He, I, I would take Andrew Luck at this stage of the, over Brady and Breeze at this stage of their career in terms of pure talent. I'm going to disagree with Breeze. But, Dude, okay. Breeze fell off a cliff at the end of last year. It got massed because they have a good running game, man. But go look at his numbers the second half of last season. What do you, what, what do you attribute that to? Age, man, he's old. He is old. I'm not saying that I'm not saying he's he's completely done or washed up, but man, if you you look at the way Andrew Luck played his whole body of work last season, and particularly the last eight to nine games of Breeze this season, I don't even think it's particularly close. So if I mean everything considered, you have to take one this year. You take Breeze or Luck. Oh, I'm taking Andrew Luck a hundred times out of a hundred. Even even considering we don't know if he's healthy or not. Yes. Okay. Actually, no, 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 no. That's not fair. If they're both going to play, I'm taking Andrew Luck. Okay. What is your golf handicap, and who would win in a golf match between you and Michael Borky? Um, so I don't have a handicap right now. When I left high school, I was down to a four. If that tells you anything, I'm way above that now. I'm like way, 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 way above that. Um, I'm going to say Borky would beat me. I'm not very consistent. Me and Borky played once at Old Waverly, and uh, 
Uh, not to be that guy, but it, I really that was one of the worst days I've had in a golf course in a long time, and I got like good and pissed off too. Like Richard was like, "I hadn't seen you this bad in a while." I was like, "Yeah, I don't even know you get pissed playing golf." But like it was so bad and it was so frustrating. It like it really pissed me off. Um, that, that feels like that feels miserable to be out on the golf course during the summer and to not play well because you're hot and you're miserable and you're not playing well. Well, yeah, and most of the time I'm, I don't even really care about like playing well or keep like. You know, I'm not like pissed if I make like a bunch of bogeys in my scores, like inflated, just because I'm out there to enjoy myself and have fun. But like, I literally just didn't know where the ball was going, and it just it was it was frustrating. I'm gonna say Borky's gonna beat me if he's listening to this. Uh, you're welcome. Um, okay, so this is not really a question, but uh, we were talking about this on radio the other day. Richard is getting a vasectomy. Oh God. Yeah, and we talked about maybe uh, getting a sponsorship deal to where he can do the vasectomy on live air. I don't think anybody necessarily wants to see that. Um, I don't either. I thought it was a pretty wild idea, but Richard's doctor for this is named Dr. Harden. (laughs) So, yeah, I worked in a couple of nice 15-year-old dick jokes. Um, Those never get old. Um, Is a hot dog a sandwich? No. I don't care. I hate these... I'm not. I hate these internet questions. I don't understand. Like, who cares? Eat the hot dog. The answer is no. Why is it no? Because it's not a sandwich. You have to have two separated pieces of bread for it to be a sandwich. I've separated the bun before on a hot dog. Okay, then it's a sandwich. So if you break the crease, it's like cutting an umbilical cord. If you break the crease, it's a sandwich. Correct. Okay. Um. Would you rather not pay for drinks or food when you go out to dinner? Um, I'm going to say drinks. I could do more damage. Fair enough. Yeah, I'll go with that. What do you think about the guy who got signed for throwing hard in the radar cage? That's not what uh, – oh, oh, I know what he's talking about. Getting his first outing today and saw three guys and got three Ks. So I don't know if you missed this. I think, I've seen that. I'm pretty yeah. sure – correct me if I have this wrong. There was a gentleman at the Colorado Rockies game – who was in one of those like fan booths where they let you go in there and you throw the baseball as hard as you can and obviously there's a radar gun and you get to see how hard you throw. What this cat threw 96 on a crow hop yep. and the Oakland A's signed him to a contract and according to Adam Toomey who asked us this question on Twitter says that he had his first minor league outing and saw three guys and got three Ks. That's actually really remarkable. That's wild. That's a, that's a cool story. Yeah, I like that. Um. Yeah, so how do you justify... The people that get really pissed, because Borky, I think, brought this up on the radio show, because he I don't think Borky's a fan of the Tebow thing. How do you justify people getting pissed at Tebow for, quote-unquote, taking somebody else's minor league spot, but this guy gets a tryout based on something he did as a game as a fan? Well, I mean, they gave him a tryout, and I'm sure he went and did well, right? No, I think they just signed him to a contract. Oh, well, I like that, too. Uh, I don't really care. I mean, I just kind of think it's funny. Me neither. There's thousands upon thousands of minor league spots. Like, it's not like Tebow's taking, stealing somebody's, like, path to the show. I mean, Tebow did make AAA. He no, did. He wasn't very good. I mean, he had one year where he hit, like, 260, whatever. No, I mean, he was terrible in AAA. Yeah, but I don't I don't think Tebow should be denied the opportunity to go try it if someone's willing to give him an no, opportunity. Tebow is a fine minor league baseball player. Yeah, but because he's Tim Tebow, he has to be either great or terrible. That's how the internet works. Um, let's see. Uh, somebody responded to that question and said, this is insane. I didn't even realize he'd already started playing. I didn't either. That is insane, honestly. That's a wild story. Yeah. I'm going to have to read up more on that. Um, I did a JFK paper. I did a paper on JFK at Ole Miss. 
After all the research, my conclusion is that J- LBJ had something to do with it. I, buddy, you can't just throw that at me at 7 o'clock on a Friday morning and expect me to come back with something. I have no well, idea. To, to be fair, I, I asked for conspiracy theories, and I think he was just responding to me. Um. Oh, yeah. No, I'm not. I'm not. I, I appreciate the effort. I, so one thing I've realized about doing this podcast and really just doing radio in general, and I don't mean this as a slight, you people are weird. Like, real weird. Like, the, the amount of, and I don't mean it as a bad thing, I kind of love it. But like, the amount of just in-depth conspiracy theories that people send us, and that they're very thought out, like, they very much thought it out, whether it's the Helen Keller thing. Like, I didn't know people, like, had this much free time to think about this kind of Look, stuff. I, I'm, I'm with him that LBJ had something to do with it. I'll just say that. I'm not tell- calling this guy crazy or anyone else that sends us conspiracy theories crazy. I'm just telling you, I think you guys are weird, but I like it. Just insulted half our listeners. No, I'm not insulting them. I'm weird in my own rights. Just ask anyone that's associated with me. Um, I, yeah. So like, I, I'm, I, you, you, I didn't, I, I guess I didn't understand you guys. Like, I, I didn't understand people thought about this stuff at the frequency that the, our listeners thought about. It. If our, if our listeners are like a gauge of the brains and thought process of the general public, if that's a sample size, then whoa, was I wrong about what goes pe- through people's heads on a daily basis? Um, not knocking it though. I think it's hilarious. I love it. Um, let's see. Um, will Ole Miss get anything out of Greer Holston this upcoming season? Um, over, over an inning, over under an inning this year. If he's transferring, wouldn't he have already left? Yep, he's playing. I'll go over. Yeah, I, I mean, it's a safe bet. I mean, more than an inning is, you know, more than last year. Look, is there a chance he refines it? Yeah. Um, I lean towards no. Uh, I hope I'm wrong. I like Greer. But, I mean, yeah, I, I, th- I think they get something out of him. I don't think it's going to be uh, anything close to what they got out of him in 17 or 18. Yeah, I would probably agree with that. I uh, I hope he comes back because I'd like to write the comeback story and actually get into what happened. Because I, I mean, I think we, I think I have an idea of what happened, but like he's never really talked about the specifics of it. And honestly, just from a sports psychology standpoint, I think that would be fascinating if he'd be willing to actually get into it. So I'm all for Gray Holston being okay and coming back. I'll go over an inning. I don't know how much contribution they will give. If you tell me he's a midweek guy that kind of finds his form, okay, sure. Um, Jesus, this is what I'm talking about. Did Ted Cruz's dad kill JFK? I, I don't know. No, I'm going to go with no there. That's like asking if Ted Cruz is the Zodiac Killer. We all know the answer, another man said. <laughs> um, With Corral, Tisdale, Plumley, and now Ashford, that is Robbie Ashford, who's committed in the class of 2020, for those of you, I guess, who are unaware, um, it seems like Ole Miss is pretty stacked at quarterback. With the transfer portal being such a hot topic, how many of those guys actually finish out their career at Ole Miss? Uh, that's a really good question, honestly. Um. <laughs> Yeah, I would say two. Uh, because honestly, you don't know what's good. See, like they're like. Well, you don't know what's going to happen if you're Tisdale or Pumley. Corral could get hurt. Corral could turn out not to be good. I don't necessarily think that's going to be the case at all. I'm not but, saying that, but like you just never know. It's so unproven that there are a lot of guys coming in at once. Sure, and eventually these kids are going to want to go somewhere where they can play. So I think a couple of them will eventually transfer out. Um, so I'd say two. Is okay. But hear me out. What if if 
okay, I think we're both in agreement. If Plumlee doesn't win this backup quarterback job and is going to have to sit behind Crowell for two years, he moves position, though, right? It sounds like it's up to him, man, because I talked. I was talking to him at, at, at Ole Miss Media Days, and he really tuned out the schools that wanted him to play anywhere else but quarterback. I think there were a couple that wanted to play him slot receiver, a couple of them that wanted to play at safety, and that was really a turnoff to him in the recruiting process because he wanted to play quarterback. Now, if he gets his opportunity to play quarterback, he doesn't win the backup job, that doesn't work out. Does his thinking change because he wants to get on the field or does he want to go play baseball or does he want to go play quarterback somewhere else? I don't know. I don't know what's in the kid's head. It's certainly possible what you're saying, but you're asking what you're asking. I think it's literally just up to him. I think there's a chance he doesn't play quarterback in days. Like, he's not the, the, the quarterback for Ole Miss, and he stays at Ole Miss for a multitude of reasons. I don't think he's going to want to give up a year of baseball, first of all. Um, he has the, the flexibility to play another position. So, I think with him, he could not be the starting quarterback and still stay at Ole Miss. The uh, other three, no, I don't, I don't really see that. Yeah, no, obviously. Yeah, the uh, no, the other three, like if it's Tisdale or Ashford or uh, Kincaid Dent, like I think they would eventually, if they wanted to go, try you know actually get on the field and play. If it does, if it doesn't work out for them, again, I'm not, I'm not saying it's a foregone conclusion at this point. I think they would go somewhere else. I think that's just the nature of the business. Um, that's not. I don't even think that's a product of. Uh, of the modern, you know, the the old man get off my lawn. Like these kids don't know anything about commitment type of thing. I just think, I think it's more so that like you got four quarterbacks in a position. Like, I mean, like I, I would want to leave too. Like if I, if I'm in that crowd of a position room and I'm getting buried, I'd want to change positions or move too because I'm not playing four years of collegiate athletics to not play. Yeah, of course, Ashford's a big baseball guy too. So what I said about Plumley could apply to him too. Yeah, that's true. Um. Is Ohio State trying to trademark the the extremely stupid or extremely smart? I haven't read up on this at all, so I'm going to ignorantly say extremely stupid. Sure, I'll go with you because I haven't either. So they're trying to trademark the in terms of the Ohio State University. Um, I didn't know you could trademark an article like that. I don't. I don't yeah, I don't really have an opinion one way or the other. Yeah, it seems silly. Um, if it turns out to be a huge marketing success and they sell a bunch of merch and it provides a additional revenue stream or whatever i don't really know then more power to him i guess it's kind of smart i don't know i don't really care um let's see i had a couple more that was it from twitter i think pretty light twitter showing this week i hope you step your shit up next week um thoughts on the baltimore orioles route moving to nashville rumors ready mlb really mlb to nashville overall um I haven't heard these rumors of the Orioles moving. I think if if the if Nashville got a baseball team, I think it would be an expansion franchise. I think that would be awesome. I'm not sure how it would work because you're talking about you're you're putting a team in Nashville is putting a team at the four corners of the Reds, Cardinals, and Braves fandom. I say four corners. That's only three. I you know I went to Ole Miss, did math. Um, but you get my point. Like that, or that with the four team, that'd be kind of a four corner fan base. Um. Could that work? I don't know. I would love to see baseball in Nashville. That would be cool to me. Yeah. I mean, uh, look, I'm all for it. Uh, You put a major league team close to here, and I will catch myself going to Nashville a few times a year. Uh, So, sure. Yeah, I mean, I'm all for it. Yeah, I would also, to anyone out there listening, uh, I will cover your major league baseball team in Nashville. Uh, No problem at all. You just have to pay me. Um, 
but yeah, I think that would be, <laughs> I think that would be pretty cool. Um, I think it could work in terms of like, I, I guess on the surface, I think Nashville's a, definitely a big enough city. I think it's growing at a rapid enough pace. They got a triple A team with a nice ballpark. I think it could that could potentially be really cool. Um, how much of a fan base do you carve out though? Cause that's big Cardinals country. That's some Braves country. And of course that's a decent bit of Reds country too. Yeah. Um, you have to think, you know, if you're going to put it there, how many fans are you going to get uh, from those, if any? I mean, that, that are now going to adopt a hometown team rather than the team they've supported for a while? Um, Let's see. Best chicken, best fried chicken place, obviously excluding Chick-fil-A. I guess we're going fast food here. Like, Don't name some like hole-in-the-wall place oh. in some city you went to because it sounds like he's going fast food-ish um, that's not Papa. Chick-fil-A. I like Cane's. Okay, fair enough. Popeyes is good too. I prefer. I would if you maybe have the two though. I'd probably take Canes over Popeyes. But uh, yeah, I'm going Canes there. Um, I like Canes' sauce. Sure. Um. Oh boy. Here's one. Why does glue not stick to the inside of the bottle? Oh, that's a good question. That's what I said when the kid asked it. That's a. Jesus. Okay, so this is a conspiracy theory I'm in on. No, I don't think it's a conspiracy theory. I think it's just a mind pretzel. I think it's a conspiracy theory, man. Let's see what happens when you put that in Google. Why does... People are going to think we're sniffing glue. Uh, Why does glue not... Of course, it comes up immediately. When white glue is inside a bottle, there's not enough air inside the bottle to cause the water to evaporate to make the glue sticky. Basically, the bottle protects the glue from the air and keeps the glue runny. This chemical bond keeps things together when it reacts to vapor in the air. There's your answer. That was way easier than I thought. Look, this is the only podcast where you talk about chemistry and Ole Miss football on the same show. Yeah. Um. So my answer is going to be aliens. I don't believe in that science stuff. Um. Okay, so apparently, according to the internet, glue is not even sticky inside the bottle. If you were inside the bottle, if you were shrunken down and inside a bottle of glue, it sounds like you could swim in it like it was like milk or something. But it's the oh. air outside of it. Like so, when it's exposed to air, so you squeeze the glue, you know, into your mouth or onto something you're going to glue. Um, the air makes it sticky. Rip, you feel like the guy that's eating glue? No, no, I was uh. Well, I probably ate a crayon or two in my day. Um, never was never really big into glue. Um, I was not an arts and crafts kid too. I sucked at that. I told. Oh, I think I I've said this before. I think I got my motor skills checked to like fifth grade. I was not very. Uh, You're talking to somebody that, that uh, took chorus, so he didn't have to take art. Yeah, I write left-handed. My handwriting is completely in, uh, illegible. Is that a word? No, no, no. I just said illegible. Um, what am I trying to say? It is illegible, isn't it? Is it illegible? I think so. No, that is the right word. It's early. Yeah, man. Yeah, I got the handwriting of a serial killer is what my mom tells me. Uh, Girlfriend tells me the same thing. I don't know. I think I write fine. I think I have beautiful handwriting. Can you read it? No. Um, Neither can anyone else. It's like my own code language. Um, Let's see. We had a couple more. Oh, so this has been asked for a while, and apparently I've been ignoring it. I don't remember ignoring it. What's the only thing you hate? What's one thing you hate doing on uh, Friday? 
uh, uh, getting waking up. Yeah, work. Um, anything but like I don't know, drinking beer and watching sports. Yeah, Fridays and uh, in college are such a holiday, man. Because I didn't do anything. Yeah, the week well, your week in college is really Monday through. Uh, really, it's Monday through Thursday because like Thursday night is basically a Friday night in college. Man, do I miss that? I miss being in college where it's like. Because by the time, like, if once you once you're past freshman level, and I know there's some majors and there's some programs where you can't do this, but if you're an Ole Miss business school guy and you're past like halfway through your sophomore year, there ain't no thing as such thing as Friday class. Like all <laughs> classes are like even the Monday, Wednesday, Fridays are Monday, Wednesday, and they're an hour fifteen. So like you don't have Friday class. I just love the fact that the entire town treats Thursday like it's the end of the week. That that's exactly. one thing I really miss about college. I love that. I feel like there's more people like at the library on a Thursday night than a Friday night. Oh, Thursday's a big night. It got to the point by the end of college, one, because I was a uh, big wussy and I uh, I was way past my problem. I couldn't really go out very many nights in a row. Like I had trouble going out back-to-back nights. But like by Saturday, I didn't do anything. Saturday night, like I would maybe go like do something during the day, and then like by like 7 o'clock, I was parking it on the couch, like watching TV, watching... Uh, <laughs> We had a really big phase in college where we, on Saturday nights we would you know do something during the day, hang out, and then we would come back and watch like a UFC fight or a boxing match, and that was like a thing for a while. Honestly, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, sounds like it. Um. So yeah, one thing I hate doing on a Friday: anything productive. Um, Correct. Being up at six thirty doing a podcast. Um, look, look, man. Let's see. Oh, that may have been all the questions. Do you have any more? No, no, I have no more. Oh, no, 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 I got one more. I got a couple more, actually. Sorry. I'm pulling questions out of everywhere. It's like loose change in my pocket. Um, Who's the biggest surprise on the Ole Miss football team this year? Uh, Nick Broker. Um, okay, I'm not even going to constitute that as a surprise because he's going to have to play, and it's just a matter of whether the kid sinks or swims. That's true freshman offensive tackle Nick Broker. Um, he and Jeremy James are running with the second team at tackle. They were not here for spring ball. We've been over this before. They're in fall camp. They're getting their first taste of college football, and they're going to have to play pretty quickly. Um, so I'm going to go Ladarius Cox. Freshman okay. defensive lineman, really big-bodied kid, has been kind of in the mix on the two-deep um, somewhat. Um, he looks freakishly Athletic, so if he gets to play, I think he could have a big year and be a pleasant surprise. I struggle having like a surprise on the offensive side of the ball because I think all, even though these kids are young and they're freshmen, I think you know like who's expected to contribute and who's not. Um, maybe if you wanted to go an off the wall one, if Dennis Jackson really comes through and holds his own, that's a kid with a lot of speed. I could go that. Um, so I'm going to go Ladarius Cox and Dennis Jackson. Sure. Uh, I mean, I think both of those guys are not play. Uh, Nick Broker's going to play. So there, there's a lot of options. Honestly, just to, to someone that probably isn't following it as closely this time of year, like if it's someone that hasn't really tuned in and is tuning in for the first game, just trying to see you know what's happening with this team, um, Snoop Connor would be one. Yeah. Um, yeah just the the way right. Snoop Connor's performed throughout the spring and fall, I'm not sure it's it's a surprise at this point to those close around the program and those who cover the team and those who follow it closely. I'm not sure he counts as a surprise at this point because he's going to play and he's going to get carries, but you haven't seen it in a game yet, so I guess that could constitute it. Snoop Connor is probably going to turn some heads and surprise people this year. Agreed. Um, let's see. Uh, 
I think we had one more. Do you think the biggest way Bjork screwed Ole Miss was the pitiful but expensive North End Zone bleachers 2.0? Um, I don't think he really screwed Ole Miss in that way. I mean, it put the students in a hard spot. I don't really have I, – I mean, look, they have facilities people in charge of that stuff, and, yes, Ross signs off on everything. I just have a hard time crushing him for that. It wasn't a well-thought-out idea, but they were trying to put more luxury seating at the time. Like, football was booming. I have a hard time killing him for that. Yeah, it turned out to be a, probably a bit of a mistake. In ter- I don't know if it's a mistake. It just wasn't planned out well. Um, I did see that they put... Um, party decks. They put those party decks. I think that's a good idea. I think I, obviously it's the internet and you're going to have people complain no matter what. But I, I think any step to rectifying the sauna box that is the, uh, that is the uh, current Ole Miss student section is a good one, even though if it's not well-received. So, you know, how much is the party deck used? How many people is it going to be used by? I don't know. How practical is it? But I think any sort of step towards rectifying that should be commended. Yeah, absolutely. Look, uh, they've struggled for a while to get students and keep students at games. So, I mean, you you got to try something. So, kudos to them for that. Um, I believe that's all the questions we had. It was a relatively light mailbag Friday. Um, hopefully that will kind of pick up again as the uh, – as the football season gets going, um, what else is going on in the sports world? I don't really have uh, a whole lot else. It's it's, it's pretty dead. Uh, there's football starts next weekend, uh, but other than that, it is it's that time of year that it's just dead. I went to the dentist yesterday for the first time in three years. Oh, how'd that go? Not well, not well. I hate the dentist. Yeah, same. I think they're pointless. Sorry, not to offend dentists. I just feel like if you brush your teeth, you'll do fine. I would lose a toe to never have to go to the dentist again. And I think those people sensed my fear, and they just treat it like a haunted house uh, when yep. I roll in there. I, I walk into the dentist and feel like it's me against the world, um, and I have to make it out alive. Um, so you made I, it out alive. Yeah, I made it out alive. I got my first cavity, though, since I was like 12. Oh, that's yeah, and I was not happy about it. And basically, it was a product of me. So apparently, just in college, like I, if, between conflicts and other stuff, I couldn't go to the dentist. And somehow, instead of doing the six-month thing, I went three years without going to the dentist. And it cost me a cavity, and I'm really upset about it. And I'm going to act like a baby whenever uh, whenever I get it filled, just a heads up. You'll be, you'll be fine, bro. No, I'm not. I'm going to go. I mean, it's pretty much going under the knife. And if I come back out, we'll still have a podcast. But if not, we're probably screwed. You saying you don't think I could do this by myself? I mean, maybe, but like, I don't know. What if they hit a nerve and I can't talk anymore? Or I, I don't. Hell, I don't know. Um, so prayers for real. Yeah, and I didn't even get. I didn't get a candy or any sort of toy when I walked out of there either. Honestly, the entire trip was just a colossal disaster. Um, toothbrush. Yeah, I got some toothbrush and some floss, and then they were trying to like. Uh, they're trying to like, yeah, and here's some type of like fluoride mouthwash you can use. And I'm like, this, I, I can get mouthwash at the store. Like, this is not some kind of prescription. Let's let's hold our horses here. Um, I'm not a big fan of the dentist. I get they have jobs. I get that like it's hard. You got to be really smart to go to dental school. I'm not knocking dentists. I just hate going to the dentist. Yeah, I'm fine with that. Yeah. Um, and I'm probably gonna be a baby about it. Sorry. Um, 
So, yeah, I think that's really about all I've got, uh, unless you got anything else. Uh, yeah, no, I, I think that's about it. So, Ole Miss practicing again today. I'll be out there. Um, it'll be marks the end of – not the end of fall camp. It will mark the two-week mark of fall camp. So, Ole Miss, as of today, is officially two weeks into fall camp. You've got one more week of camp, and then it's game week. That's kind of crazy to think about, that in 15 days I will be sweating in the Liberty Bowl. Do they have an inside press box? You know? So they have a press box with very limited seating, and the leftovers get put outside. I applied for a credential. Um, obviously, I, I, I don't know if I'm going to be inside or outside. I'm going to be very upset if I'm going to be outside. I'm probably going to complain about it. Um, I, I don't know. I don't really know what to expect going in there. But it's kind of crazy how fast it's gotten here because um, we're two weeks away from this thing kind of hitting the ground running, and, and it's – it's off to the races because once the season gets going, it flies by, man. I mean, yeah, there are times where I feel like the season, particularly Ole Miss last year, was a drag just because it was such a predictable and boring football team. But, like, man, you get going and you get into the, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday routine, and then, you know, Thursday comes around and then Friday and then another week's here. And it's like, it, 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 basically what I'm trying to say is, like, you blink and you're five weeks into the thing. Yeah, yeah, that's you'll look up and it'll be November. Yeah, exactly, and like you'll you know that season will be halfway over. So um, it's off to the races. I'm excited about this football season in general because uh, I think there will be an interesting team to follow and cover. They haven't been a particularly interesting team throughout fall camp because it's kind of like and I hate this phrase. It's like yeah, they are what they are right now. What happens when they get in the season? Their season's going to be incredibly fascinating because like, well, how does the offensive line hold up? How do these two schemes hold up? I'm. Uh, I'm fascinated to see what happens because the first month is so crucial too. So we're uh, we're 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 pretty much there. Yep, yep. They uh, they don't have any uh, cupcakes, so they'll they'll find out what they're made of quickly. Yep. So we'll have coverage for that at Super Talk FM. I'll have a practice report, a couple other stories up. I'll have this uh, two sports story up that I put off for what basically a month. Um, like it, yeah. Yeah. Up for uh, up here in a little bit. We appreciate you listening. Uh, like and subscribe to the podcast. We're growing. We our li- our average listenership keeps going up and up. That is a credit to you guys. Um, I'd re- I'd appreciate a little more participation. Um, uh, in the mailback Friday today was a light one. I'm gonna have to scold y'all on that. Um, but you can always rebound next week because you know, um, mailback Friday will return next Friday. Um, because it's the people's holiday. But anyway, like and subscribe to the podcast. Um. One thing I'm fascinated by is looking on SoundCloud and looking where people listen. Like, if you take, if you're listening to this, take two seconds out of the day and like email me or text me or tweet me where you're listening from. I find that kind of stuff fascinating because I don't know who any of you people are, but I know you're listening from a lot of different places. So if you think about it, tweet me, text me. I just want to know where you're listening from, what you like, don't like about the podcast. Uh, that helps us, helps me. Um, helps me realize who's listening and from where because there are a lot of places I'm looking at on this SoundCloud thing right now and it's kind of fascinating to me anyway um, if you got anything else I'm getting out of here yep sounds good alright like and subscribe to the podcast rate it leave us four or five stars please you can say anything you want about me in the comments as long as you leave a decent amount of stars uh, we'll be back at it on Monday um, for Brian I almost did this the other day I said I'm Colin Brister um, I don't know if anybody caught that on Wednesday for Colin Brister I'm Brian Scott Rippey Uh, The People's Podcast will be back on Monday. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.